What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that it's helpful for you to become a saint in your walk toward eternity. Here's how the show goes. You typically will hit me up with three to five questions dealing with anything and everything from evangelization to catechesis and discipleship, relationship advice, morality, spirituality, prayer, uh, works of charity, acts of justice. I will sit with your questions. I will pray with them. I will study them. And hopefully respond in such a way that it's good for you to become a saint. But my disclaimer is this and has always been this. I'm not perfect. Therefore, the advice that I give to you that I share with you might not be good for you. If that is the case, then please reject whatever it is that I say that does not help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus. But if my advice is helpful but difficult, I would encourage you to lean into God in prayer and in study and in sacraments so that our Lord can give you the graces that you may need to fulfill the demands of discipleship. If you're a first time listening, you can hit me up with your own questions, comments, and critiques for this show or previous shows at www.ascensionpress.com slash askfatherjosh. If you want to stay in touch with me outside the podcast, you can uh, buy my books, Broken and Blessed, Pocket Guide to, to Adoration, and my newest book that I co-authored with Father Mike Schmidt's Pocket Guide to the Sacrament of Reconciliation. I also uh, did a, a book that I co-authored with uh, Michael Heinlein and Gloria Purvis and Sister Josephine Garrett and Bishop uh, Joseph Perry and a number of other people uh, on the six black future saints here in America, uh, black Catholics on the path to sainthood. So you could check that book out as well through our Sunday visitor. Now, this month is Black History Month. And so uh, today's show is gonna be a bit different. Instead of answering your questions this month, not this month, this week, uh, I want to celebrate some of the black saints who have preceded us in our walk toward eternity because I know that these men and women have inspired me in so many ways and I would just love to introduce you to them so that they can also inspire you and your relationship with the Lord. There are so many of them, so we're not going to go through all of them. Um, St. Augustine, St. Monica, St. Ambrose, St. Benedict the Moor, St. Moses the Strong, St. Mary of Egypt, St. Perpetua and Felicity, St. Charles the Wong and the Ugandan Martyrs, St. Josephine Bakita, St. Martin de Porres, Blessed Francesco de Paula Victor, Blessed Cyprian Michael uh, Tanzi, uh, Venerable Father Felix Mary, Venerable Father Augustus Tolton, uh, uh, blessed Dowdy Okelo and blessed Jodar Owa, uh, blessed Benedict Dazwa, venerable Pierre Toussaint, servant of God Julia Greeley, uh, blessed Peter Turat, venerable Mother Henri de Lille, venerable Teresa Chicaba, servant of God Mary Elizabeth Lange, and servant of God Thea Bowman. So there's like so many, so many that we could talk about. But on today's show, we're just going to talk about a few of them. So I would encourage you to get to know all of them this month and really every month. But but for today's show, we're just going to talk about a few of them. And uh, and I think that their lives and their witnesses can encourage all of us to just strive to be with Jesus Christ on earth and ultimately forever in heaven. So when we come back from the, the break, we are going to dive in to some of those black saints who have preceded us in our walk toward eternity.
right, all right, all right. So uh, the, the, the Saints, they're so good. Uh, I'm just going to name a few of them. Um, and I, I think that they can uh, yeah, just inspire. So I'm going to break it down to like a few themes. Uh, I think the themes are going to be every saint has a past, every sinner has a future. The next one is going to be uh, don't leave Jesus because of Judas. And then the final theme is going to be uh, imitation of Christ. So let's start with every saint has a past and every sinner has a future. Uh, two saints who uh, I think are just super inspiring for those of us who have had sinful past, uh, our saint, uh, St. <laughs> Mary of Egypt and St. Moses the Strong. They are both saints from the fourth uh, century. St. Moses the Strong, he he was um he was in a gang and he was in a gang and he hurt a lot of people and he terrorized many people allegedly he even murdered people and so he was on the run he was on the run from the law and he eventually found this monastery and he went there to hide he went to the monastery to hide because he uh, would have been caught he probably would have you know been been killed for all the things he had done and so He's in this monastery with these monks, and for the first time in his life, he was around a group of men who were patient and who were kind and who were gentle and tenderhearted and compassionate and merciful and forgiving and charitable, and they exuded the virtues. They exuded the joy of discipleship. They exuded Christ. And just by being in their presence, he recognized that they had something, or rather, they had someone who he wanted. They had Jesus. And so uh, they began to disciple him, and they invited him to, uh, to discipleship, to uh, abide in a relationship with Jesus Christ in the sacraments. And he eventually became, became a monk. He eventually became a monk, and, and then uh, the abbot. And he died a martyr, uh, a martyr's death, uh, because uh, he stayed at his monastery whenever there were other robbers and thieves and gangsters who had come to the monastery and they were like going all over town, killing people. And he heard about them and he was like, you know what? I was given a second chance. And so I want to give these guys a chance to also repent and to also reform their lives and to also repair the damage that they've done. I was given that mercy from God, so how can I not try to at least extend it to them? And so he stayed in the monastery, uh, and he tried to extend God's mercy to these these men who were in this gang, and they ended up taking his life as he prayed for them. And so he is just a, a great witness of like, you know what? You could do terrible things. And there might be people in your life right now who've done terrible things, but that doesn't exclude them from being potential saints in the future. So if you have someone in your life who um, is in jail for, for murder or you know has killed people, if you've killed someone, uh, like you could be a saint. God calls all of us to be in a relationship with them. Uh, so uh, do not let your past um, dictate your future. Every saint has a past and every sinner has a future. And so we should all allow the Lord to just draw us to become great saints. Um, only in Christ will we be happy. Sin never satisfies. Another saint from the fourth century who was super inspiring uh, is St. Mary of Egypt. St. Mary of Egypt uh, is one of our church mothers. Uh, she is a desert mother, and um, she grew up in a Catholic family, had a great family life. Uh, she wasn't abused. She wasn't used. She wasn't neglected. She 
literally came from a really good Catholic family. And then in her teenage years, she began to experiment sexually uh, by giving into sins of the flesh. And she found them to be very pleasurable. And so she left home to become a prostitute. And she wasn't a prostitute because uh, she was abused by somebody or she wasn't a prostitute because she was running away from a bad situation and she wasn't a prostitute because she needed the money. She was a prostitute because she simply enjoyed the sins of the flesh. And if my mind serves me correctly, I believe she was a prostitute for almost 17 years, for almost 17 years. And quite often when people would pay her, she would give them their money back. And she said, I don't want your money. I'm doing this because I just like it. And even though she liked it, it never fully satisfied her. So she would always like go back for more thinking like, well, if I just do this a little bit more, it's going to like eventually make me like fully happy and everything. And it never did. That's, like, that's how like, that's how porn works, right? People think, oh, well, if I just look at more porn, then eventually it's going to do something for me. It's like, no, it doesn't. It can't. It won't. And so one day uh, she saw a group of men and they were getting on their ship. And she's like, well, where are they going? They're like, well, they're going to this pilgrimage. And so she was like, ah, a group of men. Uh, I could have fun. Uh, like, I mean, like literally she was that girl, right? She was, uh, as in the words of Tupac song, she got around. And so she said, I, I want to go. They said, this costs a lot of money. And she said, well, look, I don't have money, but I could give you my body. And so she, according to legend, slept with every man on the ship, caused each one to, to be in mortal sin. As they were trying to go on a pilgrimage, they get off the ship, go to confession, and uh, they enter into this church to uh, be in the presence of, of the cross of Christ. And whenever she went up to the doors of the church, even though the guys were able to go in, the doors were not open for her. There was like a force that would not let her in. And she realized, I want whatever is in that church. Please, God. Please, God, just let me in. And so the doors opened, she walked in the church, and by being in the presence of the Eucharist, by being before the crucified image of Jesus Christ, um, by being in the presence of a beautiful image of the Blessed Mother, um, she had a total conversion, and she went to the desert uh, to avoid the near occasion of sin. She went to the desert to make reparation and to show God that she really was sorry, that she really was repentant of all the sins that she had committed, of all the people that she had pulled away from Jesus. But she even writes, and I think this is very comforting for a lot of people who've had a conversions from a you know, sinful past, that it took her almost 17 years, 17 years in the desert away from all of her near cages of sin. It took her 17 years to uh, find freedom from her lustful thoughts. Like, they still plagued her. All those memories, there's a thing called um, we have affection for sin. And so even if we haven't committed that sin in a while, we remember the pleasure that was attached to that sin and we have an affection for it. We have affection for sin. And so she struggled with that for 17 years, uh, praying and fasting and, um, and being with the Lord. And so don't put a timetable. Like for you, if you are someone who gave your life to Christ recently or a couple of years ago, maybe a decade ago, and you're still struggling with some vices that are the same as when you first encountered the love of God, like look to her as someone who can give you hope. It was 17 years of intentional and consistent prayer and fasting and penance um, before she finally found freedom uh, from her vices. And so she's one of the church mothers, and she is one of our black saints, so I think can inspire a lot of people. So that's the first part, is every saint 
has a past. Every sinner has a future. I mean, obviously, the Blessed Virgin Mary, she had no past, but but the rest of us do. So, uh, so th- those are two black saints, uh, Saint uh, Moses the Strong and uh, Saint Mary of Egypt, who I think can inspire us, uh, those of us, especially those of us who um, who have you know a uh, uh, very colorful past, to to trust that that there's nothing beyond redemption by Jesus Christ. They are canonized saints. Now, when we come back, uh, we're going to dive into our next topic, which is this. Don't leave Jesus because of a bunch of Judases. Don't leave Jesus Christ because of a bunch of Judases. And we're back. And so in this segment, I want to address some of the black saints who have preceded us again in our relationship with Jesus Christ and our walk toward eternity, who were just quite frankly hurt by a lot of members of the body of Christ in the Catholic Church, by bishops and by priests and by religious sisters, uh, by lay people in the church who are really, really hurt by them. So the first one, is going to be Venerable Teresa Chicaba. Uh, Venerable Teresa Chicaba uh, was a princess in Africa. Uh, she was a princess in Africa, and she was abducted when she was around 10 years old, and she was sold into slavery and uh, was just um, stripped of, of her dignity as a human person. She was beaten throughout her, her life, um, and um, it just it wasn't beautiful. One of her, one of her um, owners, he he worked near a convent. I think I guess he did something like what we would say security guard work today. And so she was introduced to to Jesus and to the sacraments by being in the presence of the Lord um, and the sisters of this convent. And she just fell in love with the Lord. She completely fell in love with the Lord and the Blessed Sacrament and loved to pray. And, uh, and she was super pious. And because she was so pious, I mean, a lot of people in her community would just beat her, uh, beat her and beat her, physically assault her. Um, and she, she just was aware that Jesus Christ was very close to her because he too was misunderstood and he too was uh, imprisoned and he too was beaten. He too was, he was scourged. And so eventually, uh, the the people who enslaved her they recognized it like there was just there was something really special about her and so they they released her from slavery and uh, she wanted to be a nun but unfortunately the there were laws in place that that did not allow that to happen and there were also practices uh, in the church at the time that also would not support her becoming a religious sister and so even though she wanted to be a sister she wasn't allowed to be a sister in the Dominican community. Uh, but she was allowed to be like a maid servant. And so she was a maid servant for a pretty long time. And so as a maid servant, she uh, served the sisters, but also was just rooted in, again, intentional, consistent time and prayer. And the sisters noticed just how prayerful she was, how holy she was, how generous she was, how joyful she was, how forgiving she was, how unlike them she did not brood and gossip, and and uh, and they were convicted by her presence. And so, even though um, 
they initially would not allow her into their community. Uh, they were able to to collaborate with some other leaders in the church, and and finally they um, invited her to be a sister in the community to become a bride of Jesus Christ. And uh, and so she throughout her her time as a bride of Christ uh, while she was on earth, uh, she just completely reformed that Dominican community and was used by God to help those sisters not be mediocre, but to strive for intimacy with Jesus um, and to pick up their own crosses and follow the Lord, to be obedient to all of his commands in the scriptures. And so she completely reformed the order, the Dominican order in her community. Uh, She's one saint. Uh, I believe she's the 18th century. In the 19th century, we have a few more who are on the path to becoming saints from our own land, from this own soil here in America. Um, one is uh, Venerable Mother Henriette DeLille uh, from here in New Orleans, Louisiana. And uh, I used to teach at St. Mary's Academy, uh, that the Holy Family Sisters, that's the community she founded, that they um, that they founded, this this beautiful high school for for girls in New Orleans. And um, But Mother Henriette DeLille, again, another, another person who was disillusioned by people in the church. Uh, she grew up as a free woman of color, um, uh, during slavery. And so she was aware of, of just so many racist policies and codified laws that were in place, uh, in the world, but she also experienced it, uh, in the church. There were just uh, a lot of people in the church who treated her very poorly because of the color of her skin. Uh, she fell in love with the Lord and she had a beautiful encounter with God that changed her life. And, uh, we don't know much about what led up to it, but we just know that she had this encounter with God where she uh, believed in him and she loved him and she just wanted to serve him. But she was a black woman. And so because she came from black lineage, she was not allowed to enter the communities she applied for. So she tried to join the Carmelites. They denied her. She tried to join the Ursuline sisters. They denied her. And she even tried to found interracial communities with white women. And all those efforts were stopped uh, by leadership in the church. Finally, after um, a bishop and a monsignor and a priest, they saw some of the work that she was doing for for slaves and for for the poor people of color in her community. Uh, the education she was offering them, the food she was providing for them, the clothes she was giving to them, the, the shelters she was offering them. They were like, "This woman is special. Like we need we need to to bless that which the Lord is already doing through her." And so. Eventually, she was able to found her community, the Sisters of the Holy Family. Uh, I think she professed her vows on the feast day of St. Teresa of Avila, which was prophetic because St. Teresa of Avila from Spain came from Jewish lineage. And in Spain, uh, there was a law that the Carmelites followed that said uh, that no woman of Moorish or Jewish blood could be a Carmelite sister. They didn't realize that Teresa of Avila's grandfather was was Jewish. And so... Um, so she, when she founded the Discalced Carmelites, right, the sandal-wearing ascetical Carmelites, uh, she did so not only for those reasons to be more ascetical, but also to change a racist policy, a written rule. She changed the rule, and in her written policy, it says any woman of any lineage, uh, whether it's Moorish or Jewish, whatever it might be, they're all welcome to this community. So Mother Amrit DeLille, when she founded the Holy Family Sisters, did the same thing. Any Any woman was of color was welcome to join her community. They would not be excluded because of their their black um, lineage. Now, unfortunately, even though she was able to profess her vows, she was not able to wear the habit. 
Um, she still uh, dressed as a lay woman um, because uh, it was uh, looked down upon in the, the church just quite simply did not allow uh, women of color in her area to wear habits. And so it wasn't until um, over a decade after she passed away that her sisters were finally able to wear the habit um, and be recognized as brides of Christ throughout the community as they serve the poorest, the poor and the elderly and the children and the community. So she's one saint who did not leave Jesus because of a bunch of Judases, even though a bunch of people, religious sisters and priests, um, persecuted her and just weren't good to her. She never left Jesus. And neither did Father Augustus Tolton, Venerable Augustus Tolton. He's the first recognized black priest in America. He was born a slave. And um, he uh, was discipled by a, a good holy white priest who discipled him and saw something special in him. And uh, he loved to be in the presence of the Eucharist. And so whenever he perceived an invitation from God to become a priest, um, he was denied access into every single seminary in the United States of America. Talk about disappointment, right? Eventually, uh, he was able to go to Rome to study. And after he studied in Rome, he was ordained and then sent back to America. And when he came back to the United States of America, his ministry was on fire, and he was used by God to draw many people to the Lord. But unfortunately, a number of the, the white priests did not appreciate his ministry because of the color of his skin. And so they called him the N-word, and they told their parishioners, you can't go to his mass, and his mass is an invalid mass, and you can't receive communion from him. And he was just um, persecuted so much and uh, did not have a lot of community. And he, he really, he eventually died um, from just being burnt out because he was doing so much by himself without assistance from, from other people, um, without a community to help him and to encourage him and to affirm him. And so, again, he did not leave Jesus because of a bunch of Judases, so neither should we. And finally, there's one more I want to talk about. Who's the other one? So we have Venerable Teresa. Oh, another one. Blessed Francesco de Paula, de Paula Victor. Uh, he was a, a slave in Brazil, South America, Latin, Latin America. And, um, Likewise, he was a slave. He was freed from slavery. And in Brazil has a lot of a lot of racist practices and policies, um, very much like the United States of America uh, did. Uh, Brazil did as well. And so whenever he was freed from slavery, uh, he also fell in love with the Lord and through some prayer, perceived the call to be a priest. And his bishop really believed in his call as well. But at the time, uh, former slaves could not become priests. So his bishop, like he, he really fought for his, his vocation. And whenever um, he expressed that he desired this, he was beaten to a pulp um, by a white man because they said, you can't be pre a priest. And uh, but God made a way. God made a way and he got to seminary. But in seminary, he was looked down upon and he was treated badly by other seminarians, guys preparing for the priesthood because of the color of his skin and because of the fact that he was a former slave and now a freed man. They looked down upon him. They didn't want to be in class with him. Eventually, he was ordained. He was assigned to a parish, and the parish he was assigned to, a third of the parishioners still owned slaves. So can you imagine how uncomfortable it was for them to have a former slave be their pastor? So they revolted against him, and they rejected him and resisted his leadership. Uh, but he loved them, and he prayed for them, and he fasted for them. And when they cursed him, he blessed them, and he continued to serve them. And so much so that they eventually, uh, their hearts were, were converted. And when the bishop tried to move him from the parish, they revolted against the bishop and they protested the bishop. They said, you will not take this holy priest away from us because we recognize the gift that he is. He has changed our hearts and our minds. And uh, we have had conversions because of his presence. So you cannot take our, our pastor away from us. Again, 
he did not leave Jesus because of a bunch of Judases. Right? Judas was the disciple who betrayed Jesus, who did not listen to the teachings of Jesus. And especially in the American Catholic Church, both North American and Latin American, um, a number of people in the leadership of the church have not been obedient to the demands of discipleship and the commands of Christ. And so just because our leaders, our priests and our bishops and our cardinals, our religious sisters, our friars, our monks, our teachers, our la- laity who are in leadership in church, just because they betray members of the body of Christ um, doesn't mean that we should leave Christ because of them. Because Jesus uh, is here in the church in the sacraments, in the Eucharist, and uh, we cannot leave the Eucharist because of Ju- Judas. Right? We just can't do that. Um, uh, so... I think those saints, for those of us who have been disillusioned by the church, especially those of, who, those of us who've worked in the church, we've seen the scandals of the church. I think these saints, Venerable Augustus Tolton and Venerable Mother Aimee de Lille and Blessed Francesco de Paula Victor and, um, and Venerable Teresa Chicaba, I think they can be um, inspirations for us to not give up on um, Jesus, to not leave Jesus because of Judas, and also to recognize that when we stay with Jesus, then he will use us to transform those who have a spirit of Judas to repent and to have a deeper conversion and um, and to give their lives to Christ as well, because God wants them to be saints too. And so he can use us to to heal and transform them as well. And so uh, sometimes it's best that we stay, that we stay so that we can be used by God to... Now, it's always best that we stay in the church, don't get me wrong, but sometimes it's, it's also good for us to stay in relationships with people who are difficult. Now, if they're abusive, like, you don't stay there. I'm not saying stay in abusive relationships. I uh, put up boundaries. But sometimes there are just people who um, we are just aware of their brokenness and their sin, and we're tempted to say, I'm giving up on them. Um, but you know what? God didn't give up on us, so how can we give up on them? So we're going to take a break, and we come back, we're going to dive into our final saint, who is going to teach us about imitation of Christ. Hi, I'm Sonia Corbett, the Bible study evangelista. When I became Catholic, I had a really hard time understanding the role Mary was supposed to play in my life. So I went to her and I told her, I just don't get it. I need your help. And guess what? Mary did just that. She showed me a way to pray that has revolutionized my entire life. Mary has been called the mother of listening. She didn't just hear the word. She knew how to hear it in light of her own relationships, circumstances, and habits. And then she let the Word transform her. I realized that I had to share what I was learning about Mary's way of praying with others. So I wrote How to Pray Like Mary, a step-by-step guide to discovering God's voice in the Scriptures and letting Him transform your heart. I invite you to learn more about How to Pray Like Mary at ascensionpress.com or on Amazon. And we're back. Final saint is a saint whose life we celebrated this past week. This saint is an incorruptible saint, which means her body never experienced decay. Uh, and so she is a saint who did experience a lot of pain and suffering throughout her life. Like Venerable Teresa Chicaba, she was also abducted and sold into slavery. The system of slavery as a child it was so traumatic she forgot her name. Uh, her name is Saint Josephine Baquita, and uh, she was is a person who so many of us can relate to. I mean, she suffered so much. Um, she was abused throughout her life. Um, for people who are listening to this podcast who have been sexually abused, she's a saint who you can relate to because she was stripped naked on so many occasions whenever she was sold from person to person and they would look at her body and one of her owners um, even was jealous of her body and 
and distorted her breast. And uh, one of her owners would cut her with a knife and then pour salt in her wounds just to watch her suffer. So she knows suffering. She knows abuse. Uh, She knows what it's like to experience the frailty of of the human body. She, St. Josephine Bikita, um, eventually came to encounter Jesus. And when she saw the crucifix, she saw a body that looked like her body with wounds and scars. She was discipled by sisters who helped her to find freedom from slavery. She was given the sacraments of the church. Sacraments was our, you know, the source of salvation. And um, yeah, she became a nun. And uh, as a sister, she said this. She said, if I could find the men who abducted me when I was a child, and who sold me into slavery, I'd fall to my knees and I'd kiss their hands. Because if it weren't for them, then maybe I wouldn't be a sister today. Maybe I would have never gotten to know Jesus Christ, who is the love of my life and my everything. She forgave them. She forgave these men um, who never apologized. And that's what Jesus does. (laughs) Throughout the scriptures, people would come to him because they wanted to be healed physically and not only would he heal them physically but he would then say your sins are forgiven go and sin no more whenever he was on the cross he said father forgive them for they know not what they do he forgave people unilaterally and that's what saint joseph Bikita did she forgave people unilaterally and that's what we're invited to do as well quite often sometimes people are not going to apologize for those of us who've been hurt by people who've been betrayed by friends who've been rejected who've been abandoned some of the people who hurt us are not going to say i'm sorry and we cannot wait to forgive them until they say, I'm sorry, we need to forgive them, period. At all times, that doesn't mean we forget what they've done. That doesn't mean we have fond memories of them when we think about them or that we're, no, that doesn't mean that we don't have boundaries with people, but it means that we pray for them to become saints. And that's what she wanted to do for those guys who were inspired by the devil to assault her, but God refused to let the devil have the final word. God God still used the situation to bring a greater good uh, the greater good is that she became a great saint, and now her body is incorruptible. You can go visit her body. It's, it's exposed um, in the church where she's at. Scars and all, she's still there. Her, still there. She's been dead for a very long time. And so uh, she is a saint who can teach us to imitate Christ. Uh, Christ forgives on the cross. As he was being abused, he prayed for them, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And so as we are, as we are being hurt by people in the world and in the church and in our family, let us join with St. Joseph Bakita and in Jesus Christ, our Savior, and pray, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. This does not mean that we don't have boundaries. This does not mean that we do not seek justice and we do not work hard for people to be imprisoned if they've done something that is, is, is evil, but it does mean that we imitate Jesus Christ and we pray for other people to repent, to repent so that they will not burn in hell so that they can also become saints in their walk toward eternity. And so th- those are just a few black saints that I think can inspire all of us who certainly motivate me um, and my walk with the Lord to, to not be mediocre, but to try and strive to be a saint as well so that I could join them in the kingdom of heaven and worship God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit for all eternity. I hope you've enjoyed this Black History Month special edition of Ask Father Josh. And next week, we will resume to our regularly scheduled show uh, so that we can continue to accompany each other uh, in discipleship and in relationship with Jesus Christ on earth 
and forever in the kingdom of heaven. God bless. 